Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's great to see you. I also want to watch, welcome everybody who's online, our friends, our guests. Thanks for joining us. We start a brand new series today called Jesus at the Table. So if you're a foodie like me, you like to eat food, you like to eat food with people, you're going to love this series uh, because we are studying the Gospel of Luke. Throughout Luke's Gospel, we see this constant theme of Jesus at the table. Uh, Jesus is frequently at the table in Luke's Gospel. The table was a central feature of the ministry of Jesus. He's often eating with people. He's uh, connecting with people around the table and teaching powerful lessons. In fact, one out of every five verses in Luke's Gospel, we find Jesus eating with somebody. Isn't that interesting? Someone named Robert Karras wrote a book called Eating Your Way Through Luke's Gospel. I think this series is going to make me hungry. Anybody? <laughs> We're eating our way through Luke's Gospel. Goodness. Uh, this is what Robert Karras observes. It says in Luke's Gospel, Jesus is either going to a meal, at a meal, or coming from a meal. Isn't that cool? So as Christians, we would say the cross is the primary symbol of our faith. But if you were to say, like, what would be a second powerful symbol, I might suggest the table. Jesus is always at the table. And our vision for this series is that we would begin to see our table as a place for Jesus to do his ministry. Whether that table is just your table at the school cafeteria, or it's your dining room table, or if it's a table at work, or at a restaurant, or a coffee shop. What if we began to see our table as a place for lives to be changed by Jesus Christ? It's something we call Jesus at the table. Well, the first story we come to in this series is about a man who threw an unusual party. Have any of you ever been to a strange party before? Like, really strange, like, that's a, this is a weird party. Okay, I have. Uh, back when I was uh, in school for pastoral ministry, uh, I was in a class called Preaching for Special Occasions. So that would be uh, weddings, funerals, other special occasions. As part of the class, our professor invited everyone to his house so that we could have a dinner together, and then after a nice dinner, we were all supposed to give up get up and give an after-dinner speech for a grade. You know, because if you're a pastor, you never know when you're having some dinner with people and they're going to be like, speech, speech, speech. You got to be ready. You got to get up, you know, have some words. What the people want, the people got to get. So here I was at this dinner party with my professor and classmates. We eat and then we all take turns getting, giving up and giving a speech. It was kind of a strange dinner party to be at a professor's house to give a speech to get a grade, but it was actually even stranger than that because uh, on that night, it was a very cold and rainy night. And when I got to the professor's house, knocked on the door, he opened it, invited me in. I took off my shoes to be, you know, respectful. And then the professor opens his closet and he says, would you like to wear a pair of these slippers? And I looked at those slippers, and I thought about all the feet that had been in those slippers and all the feet that had sweat in those slippers. Anybody? And I was like, no, I don't want to wear those slippers. And then I looked at the man who was about to give me a grade. I was like, 
I'll wear those slippers, thanks. Remember I said I used to be conflict avoider? That was last week, you might want to listen to that message. If that's you, that was me. Well, I put them on and it was the most uncomfortable night of my life. I couldn't enjoy dinner, I couldn't concentrate in my speech. And it was just all in all an uncomfortable night of my life. And today, I wanna, I wanna tell you about the story of the strangest party. A man named Levi throws a party and when Jesus comes to this party, there were friends of Jesus mixing together with all kinds of irreligious people, sinful people, followers of Jesus. They're all around the same party, at the same table, with Jesus at the center. It's a very strange party indeed. And I wondered, why would Levi throw such a strange party? And then I began to ask that question, well, should I? Should I have a party like this? What could happen if we opened our homes and our tables to people who are far from God? What could God begin to do? Could they meet Jesus at the table? So open your Bible to Luke chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. Luke 5, 27 to 32. Levi throws a party. Let's get to it. And we're going to have some fun. After this, it says, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Notice they're complaining to disciples. I think they were afraid to talk to Jesus because, you know, whenever people talk to Jesus, he kind of gave them the what not. Jesus answered them. He actually heard and responded. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. What an amazing, amazing story. Let's pray. We'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thanks for today. Thank you for the rain showers that water the earth. Thank you for your love, God, which you pour down upon our lives. And I pray today that our hearts and our lives would be changed as we encounter you in this story. Thanks for uh, these words, God, that have been passed down to us that we might know Jesus in a more life-changing way. So speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're looking at this story, Jesus at the table. Why does Levi throw this bizarre party with sinners and tax collectors and Jesus and they're all kind of together and then why I'm asking would we ever host a party with people who love God and people far from God and number one I have this simple truth we follow Jesus we here are followers of Jesus Christ and who is Jesus Jesus is the Lord of all he's the savior of the world think about that the God of the universe has such a love for humanity that he came in the, per in the person of Jesus for the very purpose that he might be with and rescue those who are sinners and sufferers just like us. Jesus comes. He meets us where we are. Now, immediately before this story, because it says, after this, need to know Jesus has just declared his ability to forgive sins. And now Jesus is going to show us how he's 
actually going to do that as we meet this tax collector named Levi. He's putting it on display in his calling and forgiving of a tax collector named Levi. And Levi's radical response is going to show us that the greatest invitation of our lives is this invitation to follow Jesus Christ. It really is that amazing. Look again at Luke 5, 27 and 28. It says, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Wow. I mean, what we see here is very interesting. We've got Jesus. He goes out. He meets this tax collector named Levi who's at his tax booth. And he pursues a man, this tax collector, which would have been very unexpected. Now, uh, some of you know there's another story in the Gospels about a tax collector named Matthew. He ends up writing the Gospel of Matthew. And since the story of the calling of Matthew, the tax collector, is almost identical to this story of the calling of Levi, a lot of people say Matthew and Levi are actually two names for the same person. Remember Peter and Simon, that, those are two names for the same person. So maybe, you know, it's, it's a situation like that. Maybe uh, Levi's name changed to Matthew after Jesus called him. Whatever it is, Levi is a tax collector. And back in those days, if you are a tax collector, no one likes you. Everyone despises you. I mean, today, they're not that popular today either, are they? You know, like nobody really likes now, the IRS, taxes, all that, yeah, that's not. We have to understand back then that tax collectors were masters at um, extortion. And they would use their power to take more money than was actually owed them. And so they're, they're getting rich. They're lining their pockets by taking more money from people than they actually were supposed to. So when people looked at a tax collector, they, they saw a cheat. They saw, they saw a scumbag, but not Jesus. Jesus approaches Levi, and Levi is at his tax booth. Jesus knows exactly what Levi's doing there, but it doesn't stop Jesus, does it? Jesus initiates a relationship with Levi. And he looks him right in the eye and he says those powerful and life-changing words, come and follow me. Come and follow me. I think it would have been surprising for Levi in that moment to have hear Jesus speaking such words to him. But it's not just Levi. The same invitation is for you and for me. Jesus is inviting you today, saying those same words. He knows your name. He knows our heart. And he's calling out to you right now and to me, come, follow me. Come, surrender your life to Jesus Christ, trusting in him, following him. What does that mean? To be a follower of Jesus means that God wants a relationship with us where all of our sin is forgiven. And we can begin that relationship today, which is actually an eternal life with God, simply by trusting in Jesus and following him. This is the invitation of Christianity. 
to be a follower of Jesus Christ, not just to be religious, not just to be a part of a program or to show up on a building on a Sunday morning or to grow up in a Christian home or to check a box that so you get to go to heaven. No, Christianity is at its core all about Jesus Christ. A Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the invitation to surrender our life to him. And now is the time, if you've never done it before, to say yes to a relationship with God where all of your sin is forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not by works. It's simply by trusting in Christ. Our life will never be the same. Do you see the response of Levi? It says, Levi got up. He left everything and followed Jesus. You just think about that for a second. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Can you imagine for a second? Think about where you spend your days during the week. Imagine, you know, you're at school, sitting at the desk, listening to the teacher, and, or maybe you're at work, you're responding to email, you're out, you know, swinging a hammer, whatever it is, and suddenly Jesus shows up. He's like, hey, let's go. And you literally get up, walk out the room, and leave everything behind. Can you imagine the faces of everybody around you? Be like, the jaws that hit the floor? This is what Levi does. Jesus shows up. He's like, Levi, let's go. And Levi gets up, leaves his tax booth, and walks away to be with Jesus. He leaves his job, his income, his career, his wealth, his vocation, and he goes after Jesus. This response shows us that Jesus really is that awesome. And being a follower of Jesus Christ really is the greatest invitation of our lives. What would you leave behind so that you could have more of Jesus in your life? I think about uh, so many of the people who serve here at Hope, our elders, our elders' wives, those who give generously and faithfully. There are a lot of people that put in a lot of time serving. And I want you to know it's not because their life is less busy. It really isn't. They've just made Jesus the first priority of their life. I, I meet a lot of young people that, and they play sports and it's really amazing. Sometimes I, I meet a young person and they've told their coach, oh, coach, like I'll play anytime. I'm excited to play. I want to be on the team. But then they say, you know what? If, if the game is on Sunday, I can't be there. I'm going to be at church because Christ is my first priority. What are we leaving behind to follow Jesus Christ and think about even my own family, my children who said we're willing to leave behind our family in Colorado to serve Jesus wherever he calls us, even this Hope Community Church in Willow Grove. What, could, what is Jesus saying today to leave behind, let it go, so that Christ can be in our lives all and everything? Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. See, Jesus is Lord of all. He will be all in all. And so all, we're just saying all things in our life must follow behind our walk with Jesus Christ. He is the King of glory, and he is worth 
leaving it all behind and saying yes to him, whatever he has for our lives. It is an adventure. And so now as we come to this story, where a guy throws the craziest party you could ever imagine, it starts with this. He's now a follower of Christ. He's, now, he's laid it all down, left his job. But notice he retains his home, but the use of it is now transformed to serve Christ. So why, why would we host a party? Why might we do some crazy things? Number one, because we follow Jesus. Number two, when we open our table, others can meet Jesus too. This is exciting. You guys see what happened? Luke 5, 29. Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. So as soon as Levi meets Jesus, he now wants some other people to meet Jesus too. He's so excited what he's discovered in Christ. So how's he going to connect his friends, his tax collector buddies with Jesus, he's going to throw a massive party. And all of his irreligious, non-Christian friends show up. Jesus is there, some followers of Jesus. What a dinner party that must have been, huh? Can you imagine all, everybody mixing together? Notice that it says, Levi held a great banquet for Jesus. It's for Jesus. So this isn't going to be your typical, like, let's get hammered on, you know, St. Patty's Day. This is not the wild bachelorette party. Not that at all. Oh, make no mistake, this is a party. A Levi knows how to party. But it's a party for Jesus. It's a party that others who maybe don't know Jesus, who maybe aren't religious, might connect with a follower of Jesus Christ and maybe someday connect with Jesus himself. Levi says, you know, I have a brilliant idea. The simplest way to do that is an open house, an open table, and a lot of delicious food. He throws a party. Love it. And when we open our table, others can meet Jesus too. Have you guys noticed how food brings people together? Like food connects people in amazing ways. See, I'm getting some amens here. Getting hungry. After Angie and I moved here to Philadelphia, we had to go see some sites in the city. We went to uh, Reading Terminal Market. You all been there? There's a lot of food there, you know. And uh, they have a lot of Amish places where you can get some food. And I was just kind of looking around, new to the area. I'm looking at all these Amish restaurants. You guys realize they have... They have people working at these Amish restaurants who, like, dress up as Amish people. Like, the men are so into it, they actually shave their beards. I, I, was, I was asking, I was like, where do these places find people that are so into their jobs? Like, they're literally dressing up like Amish people. And so I was like, dude, they are Amish people. <laughs> My head exploded. It's crazy. Wow. Like, I have to eat some Amish food. So I sit down at this bar around a little place called the Dutch Eating Place there in Reading Terminal, and I check out the menu, and there's something on this menu called Scrapple. Not really sure what that is. I'm like, what's this Scrapple thing? Delicious, okay. The man who's sitting next to me perks up. He's like, Scrapple? 
It's like, oh, he's like telling me all about Scrapple. Oh, it's so amazing. It tastes so good. And he says uh, he's, he was from, he's born and raised in Philly. He moved to Atlanta. But whenever he comes back to the city, he always goes to Reading Terminal so he can eat Amish food with Scrapple. And he says, would you like to try some? He literally gives me Scrapple right off of his plate. So the guy that won't put on somebody else's slippers eats somebody's food. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But I ate it, and it was delicious. I said, what is this? And he says, you don't want to know, but I said, it's delicious. And that's the story of how me and a total stranger bonded at Reading Terminal over Scrapple. Food brings people together. It connects, right? A meal is a place where I get to know you. You get to know me. If you get to know me enough, you're going to get to know the Jesus inside of me. Meals are so powerful. See, Jesus didn't just come to forgive sinners. He came to befriend sinners. The scene of a dinner party at Levi's house where Jesus is eating with sinners is so Jesus. Jesus loved people who were far from God. Those who were irreligious. Those, even in that moment, might have been living in a life of sin. And Jesus talked with them. He loved them. He shared meals with them. He befriended them. And people who were far from God started to befriend Jesus too, just like Levi. We are here today, we're followers of Jesus Christ, and I would ask, do you have the same friends that Jesus had? Luke 7.34 says, the Son of Man came, what does it say? What did the Son of Man come doing? Eating and drinking. Now I know why I love Jesus so much. You say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. This is our Jesus. I'm so glad that he is drawn to those who are suffering and living in sin. It's the love of Jesus. And I think there's something about food that Jesus knew that. God's given every one of us 21 meals a week. It doesn't add anything to our lives to live on mission for Jesus. You just need to eat with some people. Angie and I are not by any means evangelists, but we've got some rhythms. And one of them we just call open house. We regularly open our home and invite people inside. We have another one, open table. We're regularly eating with people and creating that space for conversation. Just a few weeks ago, we put some hamburgers on the grill, hot dogs. We invited all of our neighbors to come over, have a little get-together. And these are ways for us of sharing the love of Jesus Christ with people around us, people that might not be religious or might be far from God, and you can too. Sharing the love of Jesus is as simple as an open home, an open table, good food. And this is what Jesus did. And so 
Who might that be for you? Are there friends, family members, loved ones, Christians, non-Christians, whatever it is? And if it's not your home, maybe it's your school table, maybe it's a restaurant, maybe it's a coffee shop. We follow Jesus. That's number one. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We've surrendered everything to follow him. And when we open our table, others can meet Jesus too. Last motivation here, last reason Throw some parties, connect some people who might not be connected to Christ. Number three, we're motivated by Jesus' love for sinners. Now, we now come in our story to the part where we meet the really religious people. And they are not happy with what Jesus and his followers are doing. They don't understand Jesus' heart or why he spent so much time with sinners. They start to grumble and complain. Look at verse 30. It says, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sects complained to Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? They don't get it. See, in Jesus' day, there were some super religious, extra holy people, at least that's what they thought, called Pharisees. Pharisee, that word Pharisee means separate one. They separated from sinners. They didn't like sinners. They didn't talk to sinners. They didn't hang around sinners. And they looked down on people who did. And they see Jesus. They see what Jesus and his followers are doing, how they're spending time with people who are far from God. And they are angered. They are disappointed. They might be a little bit disapproving and they say why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners why pursue relationships with people far from god and the answer is going to reveal jesus's purpose in coming and jesus's heart this is the heart of christ verse 31 jesus answered them it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick i've not come to call the righteous the sinners to repentance. What does that even mean? What is Jesus saying here? It's not the healthy. Who's he talking about? It's not the healthy. It's the Pharisees, the religious people. It's not the ones Jesus will describe in Luke 18, 9 as sure of their own goodness and looking down on everyone else. You're not going to go to the hospital if you don't realize that you're sick. Jesus has come to call the sick, not the... Well, it's been an incredible year, Hope family. Each of you has stepped forward to walk in our calling as a church family, which is right here on the banner, and that's to be a caring place. So what about me? Do I see that? What about you? Do we see our need for Christ today? The Bible says, and by the way, the Pharisees knew their Bibles, Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's me today. I've fallen short in my life of God's glory. Proverbs 29. Who can say, I've kept my heart pure. I'm clean and without sin. Can anybody say that? I can't. Ecclesiastes 7.20. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous. No one who does what is right and never sins. Jesus told us that he came for the sick. I think the problem that I had for a, a lot of my life is that I was too proud 
to acknowledge my need for Jesus. Years ago, I had, a, um, I had developed a, a pain in my lower knee. Uh, I think that's called getting older and just hurt. But I thought, you know what? I got it. It's not a problem. I don't need to see a doctor. No matter how much I denied it, the pain was still there. So I, I pretty much denied it for a whole year. A year went by, my knee still hurt, and I finally said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to the doctor. The doctor sent me to a physical therapist. Physical therapist gave me some exercises. Within weeks, the pain was gone. Disappeared forever. Why did I wait a whole year to go and see the doctor? Oh, wait, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. That's what Jesus is saying. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, I've come to heal you, but you can only be healed if you know you got the disease. All of us need forgiveness. We all need healing and salvation. In fact, it's, it's actually the, the heart of Christ is drawn to us for that very reason. It's the love of Jesus for sinners and sufferers. His heart is drawn to us, just like it's drawn to Jesus. Why? What does he call himself? The great physician. He came to heal us of all of our sin. And if you have, uh, in fact, there's a great verse here, Luke 5, 32. Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And you need to know all of us who've repented of our sin and trusted in Jesus Christ, our sin is gone. It has disappeared forever. Jesus bore it on the cross. He rose from the dead. He reigns in glory. He's coming again. And what a party that's going to be, huh? The day Jesus returns. But in the meantime, we know some people who don't yet know about that party. They don't yet know about Jesus. So while we're waiting for the big party, we've got some little parties to throw here. Why? Because we're followers of Christ. Because when we open our table, others can meet Jesus too. And because we're motivated by Jesus' love for sinners. So whose life could be changed? Right? Who's, who, who could be experience Jesus in a new way if we invite him over and share a meal? We can be a part of that when we invite Jesus to the table. I have a last slide just to... Uh, get us thinking. Um, Jesus in Luke's gospel will show us the significance of meals. And so here are some opportunities to bring Jesus to the table. Um, think about, you know, in this week, the next few weeks, how could you find Jesus at the table? How could others meet Jesus at your table? Some examples, eating a meal together with your church small group. And uh, our small groups are kicking off today. I'm encouraging all of our groups part of this series. Eat a meal together. It's a great way to bring Jesus to the table. If you're not a part of a small group, talk to me. You can go online to our website um, and find a group. Click the graphics, small groups. Um, how about this? Inviting a non-Christian friend, neighbor, or coworker to join you for a meal. It's a great way to bring Jesus to the table, kind of like what Levi did. And then last one, eating dinner together as a family. A family, uh, family, me family meal, family dinner, right? Our our first, as parents, our first mission is what? Our kids, right? So 
bring Jesus to the table when you're with your kids. We just kicked off a new curriculum. We've got these great verse cards. So bring a verse card out. Hey, what does is, what is Genesis 1-1 say again? Oh, yeah, God created that. In the beginning, God created the heavens. That's the memory verse from last week. Let's bring Jesus to the table and see how God can work in us and through us. Let's close in prayer. God, thank you for the love of Jesus for us. Thank you that when we were lost and broken that we got to hear the good news of Jesus from someone, whether it was a, a parent or a family member or a friend. Thank you for pursuing us in the way that only you could. And I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning to give our lives more fully to Christ. Let Jesus be our all. God, we lay down our sin, we lay down temptation, we lay down all the, the world offers. And we put our faith in Christ. We say yes to Christ. Pray, God, this, this season, this fall, that we'd see some lives changed by you as we simply open our homes and our tables for others to connect with you. God, would you work in us as a church family in a powerful way as we do this series together called Jesus at the Table. We love you, God. We thank you for meeting us in the midst of our brokenness and sin. Thank you that it's all forgiven as far as the east from the west. So great is your love for us. So we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.